River Rock has been a leader of the cannabis community since 2009. What stood out to me mostly was definitely the quality of their product and the knowledge of their product. The way that they treat each individual person always with respect and they try to make sure that your needs are taken care of. That was Michelle. She's been a medical patient at River Rock for seven years now. Like she mentioned, the employees at River Rock always have their recreational and medical customers in mind, especially with pricing and two convenient locations both open until 10 p.m. River Rock's quality with their prices is pretty much unmatched. River Rock caters to their medical customers by providing exclusive benefits when they become a member, including $100 in-store credit, 25% off all full-priced items, and so much more. The sign-over benefits have been great for me personally, especially since I live on a limited budget. The sign-over benefits have helped me to get medication that I normally wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Find out more about the sign-over benefits and why people like Michelle have stayed with River Rock for this long at riverrockcolorado.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the BSM Broncos podcast. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andre Simone. Ryan Koningsberg is down in Atlanta covering the Super Bowl for us. He's getting some great scoops uh, and, uh, and really covering that from a Broncos perspective, from a national perspective. He's got it, so make sure that you're following his Twitter uh, this entire week and checking out the website for all the pieces he's dropping. And, Dre, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners with Strava Craft Coffee. This is CBD-infused coffee, and it not only tastes incredible, but it can relieve everyday aches and pains, anxiety, migraines, and so much more. The deal we're offering is if you use the code BSN2018 at checkout, you receive 20% off your order. So make sure you check them out. That's Strava Craft Coffee. All right, Dre, let's jump into the show and we did we did a mock draft yesterday, which was a blast. And let's just continue on, on the fun streak here. Oh, yeah. Let's jump into some NFL awards. Of course, on Saturday, all of Broncos country is going to have their eyes on who makes the Hall of Fame. Uh, we, we dove into that yesterday with, uh, of course, Pat Bowen should be a shoe in as well as Champ Bailey. Steve Atwater should also make it. And we dove yep. into, you know, what what's going to happen there. And also John Lynch. And again, I'll throw in Ty Law's name just so I'm not wrong. And now I just God made myself forbid. wrong for That's doing right. that. That's right. That's right. Win lose for you to mention Ty Law. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And on Saturday, on Saturday, so the, the Hall of Fame kind of takes place during the day is when news right. will start leaking. Yeah. Uh, people will start getting the calls that they've made it. Uh, and then there's nothing official 
on Saturday night. There's not a ceremony Saturday night, but what is happening Saturday night is NFL awards. Good stuff. It, it, we might have some candidates among the Broncos, huh? There certainly are some candidates among the Broncos, Dre, but at the top, not very many candidates. And let's start at the top, Dre. And let's start with the with the award of them all. MVP. MVP. Who would be Andre Simone's MVP? <sighs> it really, I mean, earlier in the season, I could have seen Gurley get it. Uh, there was a point in the season where I could have talked myself into uh, Drew Brees, who I think was certainly deserving, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won it simply because Brees has never won an MVP before. That's wild. I know. With it's all the stats really he puts up. Right. I mean, the, the, the MVP no is, such a, is such a stats-driven thing, 100%. especially for quarterbacks. Right. Uh, but, you know, these awards really should be a way for us – for our children years from now to look back and know who really was the best player in the NFL that season. And by that standard, the MVP is Patrick Mahomes. Mm. There's no other way to put it. He just is the MVP with the season he had. Yeah, and no disagreement here. And Dre, yeah. I would say probably up until week 14, mm -hmm. I was not on that bandwagon. I, I, I was not. Who would you have had? Drew Brees. Yeah. Drew Brees would yeah. have been my guy. Yeah. I mean, what did he start the 21 touchdowns to zero interceptions uh -huh. or something like right. that? Right. I mean, absolutely insane. Of course, Patrick Mahomes, I'm not knocking him at all. What he was doing was absolutely incredible, yep. too. Record-breaking. Right. In incredible. And I just felt like Drew Brees w was not making any mistakes mm -hmm. and, and w was really raising the Saints. But come on. I mean, when you look at the full body of work after uh, the 16-game season— it's not even close, and, and this yep, is an easy agreed. one, and and this is how I expect it to go. Now, I don't expect uh, it, it to for Patrick Mahomes to get every single vote. I expect Drew Brees to get a few. Um, I don't know how you could vote for Todd Gurley after no, you no. know the, the the way the season concluded. No C.J. Anderson took yep. off. There, there's plenty of reasons to say, okay, yep. he he's not the guy. Outside of that, I mean, it's a two man show right now. It's a two man 100%. race. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe Russell Wilson deserves, like, an honorable mention. Maybe Andrew Luck would get an honorable mention, but it's not even close. And this is terrible, terrible news for our listeners out there <laughs> that Mahomes, not his rookie season, but his first year playing, he goes and takes the league by storm, puts up 50 passing touchdowns, yeah. 12 interceptions, yeah. 5,000 yards, and, of course, that doesn't really even paint the picture of what type of player he is. Mm -hmm. He's just an absolute playmaker, an absolute yeah. nightmare. Uh, He's the cheat that, code. Exactly. A guy that yep. Von Miller can't even get to. I know. Ridiculous. <laughs> so I guess we'll move on to, to maybe some better news for Broncos fans and continue down this list. And let's let's do offensive player of the year. Now, Dre, I don't really understand how, you know, if your MVP is an offensive player, mm -hmm. how they also mm -hmm. don't win this. Is it you, you just kind of take the MVP out of the out of the running? Because typically it's a different person that wins the offensive player of the year. Here's what will happen is like I think Manning when in that record season where we lost the Super Bowl to the Seahawks, I think he was both MVP and offensive player of the year. And I think sometimes when a guy is putting up insane stats, he can win both awards. But they typically try to split it up. 
Gurley would have been the front runner for Offensive Player of the Year until C.J. Anderson proved that with fresh legs, he can be just as good on that offense. Yep. That really hurts him. Michael Thomas, staying back with the Saints, proved that, hey, he's an outstanding player. He'd certainly be in the running. I would add Tyreek Hill, who's uh, mm. he's the, the, the other side of the coin in the Chiefs' chief code, is that not only do they have Mahomes, but they have Tyreek Hill, who can get open against anyone and might be the fastest American, at least in the world. I, li- I like that, I like that word for, for Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes is cheat code. Cheat code. Yeah, they're the cheat code. Um, hopefully defenses can figure them out at some point. But as of now, they are the cheat code. And uh, But, you know, it, again, comparing it to Manning's uh, record season where he deserved both awards – I think when you do what Mahomes did in that offense with the kind of change at change at running back that they went under uh, and the 50 touchdowns, I would give it to Mahomes. I would double up. And I do not mm. say this with a smile on my face. <laughs> it's true. I mean, <laughs> it has to be, right? It has to be. I wouldn't be surprised if the voters – Gave it a wink, wink, and we're like, hey, Breeze, you're MVP, but Mahomes is offensive player. Right. That right. maybe be the fairest way to divide it up. Is go Drew Breeze MVP, the bigger award? I mean, I could see it. I, I, I see uh, you're, you're, you're representing the listeners with that <laughs> yeah. one right here. I mean, there's tomfoolery among the voters. <laughs> we know. We know there's tomfoolery. I, I think they'll – the voters will want to give something to Drew Brees for for the season he had. Oh, yeah. So I'll, I I'll go. Be desperate. I'll go. The offensive player of the year will be Drew. Fair. Fair. Even I don't though, mind that. I mean, come on. If you're the MVP so and you play on offense, you should also be the offensive player of the year. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah, go to 100%. the let's go to the defensive side of the ball, and this yes. one to me is easiest. There mm-hmm. there was a tiny bit of debate and discussion between Drew and Mahomes for both of those awards. Yeah. But on the defensive side of the ball. Is it just as easy for you as it is for me, Dre? Yeah, it is. I think that uh, <laughs> we have a nomination for Chris Jones in the <laughs> office. Chiefs sweeping the awards. Um, yeah, I think earlier in the season, uh, Khalil Mack would have been in the running. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, Khalil Mack. You didn't even have as good a season as Vaughn Miller. And Vaughn's not getting any uh, any nominations here as uh, no. as much as we would love to give it to to a hometown hero like that, it's it's Aaron Donald. Yeah. It is absolutely Aaron Donald. And, and maybe we should have talked about him in the MVP discussion as well. Um, and Probably actually, I should have. than me mentioning Gurley, yes. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, he's the Rams player mm-hmm. that, that should have been mentioned uh, in that conversation because he is so freaking good. Now, yeah. I don't know what you have to do as a defensive player to win – uh, MVP. I think you have to break the sack record. You got to have 23 sacks. Aaron Donald wasn't too far off. What did he finish with? 19 and a half? 19 and a half. 19 and a half sacks. Yeah. And he was double teamed more than anyone mm-hmm. in the country by far. Yeah. And he still put up that production. And he's a beast in the run game. Yeah. And that's a player where opposing offenses, if there's a great player in the middle, you know, you say, okay, we got to pay attention to this guy a little bit, and, right. and then you move on. Right. With Aaron Donald, you devise your game plan. Oh, 100%. Around him. Yeah. 
Well, and in fact, if that Rams defense was more prolific, if kind of the guys around him showed up a little more and forced offenses to not be able to just double and triple team him at all times, he could have he could have legitimately bro- broke the record this year. Yeah. I Wh- mean, which is wild. Yeah. And with man, you got to think he's going for that next year and that the coaches will put him in, in position to do that next year. So easy, easy, easy one here. And I feel bad for not even mentioning him in the MVP race because he's yeah, that's true. He's right there for mm-hmm. me at least. Elite, uh, elite player. Come back. I can't believe we're agreeing on everything. <laughs> this, oh. is, this is this, and I don't terrible. feel terrible. Like, I don't think it's going to change right here. Comeback player of the year. Oh yeah, pencil Andrew Luck in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is. Oh boy, when when Peyton came back, was that the same year that Adrian Peterson came back? Were they fighting for the MVP Ooh. and? Comeback player of the year? I can't remember right now. Twenty it was twenty twelve. And I think you I think might that be was right. you might be able that to was. Can, yeah. can you believe that? The two That's guys crazy. for MVP and comeback player of the year. And I believe Adrian Peterson won the MVP that year because he broke the two thousand yards, even though I don't think he had much of an impact with or he had an impact with his team, but didn't it Peyton should have won that. Is what I'm saying. And uh, I think Peyton won comeback player of the year that year. Mm -hmm. And another Colts quarterback is going to win that this year. That it is Andrew Luck without a doubt. Easy peasy. Easy. Yeah. I guess Watt would be the other guy you could put in that running. But Mm. I mean. You could. Yeah. Kind of just like we said with. uh, Just stay healthy. Watt. Jeez. He could be a nomination every single year for comeback player of the year. Yeah. For real. All right. And now. Going on to some things that will probably be interesting for Broncos fans. Yes. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, the field is stacked. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the candidates are Saquon Barkley, the second overall pick. Yep. Baker Mayfield, the first overall pick. Yep. Nick Chubb, the mm-hmm. running back with the, the Bears, or the Browns. And Darius Leonard, of course, who had a monster season, led the entire NFL in sacks. And fill Oh, you're going just oh, not general rookie of the year, not offensive and defensive. No, you're right. You're right. Let's just stick with offensive. Okay. 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 So, so Saquon, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, and of course, Philip Lindsay. Yep. Yep. And you could you could throw like Calvin Ridley in there, who had a hot start, but he's behind everyone else, you know. And I mean, Lamar was great. Uh, Sam Darnold has it had his moments. Josh Allen had his moments, but it's those three. It's Phil, Saquon, Baker, without a doubt. And uh, here's the thing: Baker didn't play as much as those other guys. Yep. But he allowed the Browns to mm. win. What is it like seven times more games than they had in An the infinite. previous two An years? Infinite. Yeah. yeah, I guess it would be seven if you're going past two years. Um, so, yikes! Mm. And uh, yeah, I just think the the poise he showed and everything. You know, Saquon. I think he's the first rookie running back to go over two thousand total yards since uh, God knows when, um, and that's very noteworthy on a team that you know, was not the best, but, and I mean, Phil was just amazing. I think if we gave an award, uh, like the, the per touches efficiency award, Phil Lindsay should be the winner. Yep. Uh, but that is not what this award is. It is the offensive rookie of the year. 
the fact that an undrafted kid out of CU who was the star on the Broncos is even a candidate with those other two, the top two picks in the draft, and then you know you have to wait another seven rounds to find the next candidate is pretty amazing. But it's Baker for what he did. It's and, Baker. And, and you make a really good case for Baker, and I'm not going to disagree with you on Phil. You know, yeah. Phil, yeah. Phil to me comes in third in this, but listen to the value we're talking about. The oh, yeah. third best offensive rookie, and you got him undrafted when the one and two were literally the, the one and right. two overall yep. pick in the draft. You've got to be kidding me. It is zero disrespect for Phil not giving him right. this award. But there was another running back that was even more impressive than Phil this year. Yeah. And then and then you also have the quarterback. And yeah. you made a, a great case for Baker. 27 touchdowns. 14 interceptions, the fact that he doesn't start the season as mm -hmm. the guy and then comes on yeah. and takes over and changes the culture, truly, he is the most valuable mm -hmm. uh, guy. But it's not MVP of, of rookies. That's right. It's offensive rookie of the year. Oh, are we disagreeing here? And I'm going Saquon Barkley. Wow. What Saquon did was unreal, and as yeah. it should have been. I mean, yeah. take, taking a running back – um, second, overall. second overall, he better be absolutely killer. Yeah. And Saquon was 1,300 yards, 11 rushing touchdowns. And, oh, he was one of the best rookie receivers as well. 91 yeah. catches. That's insane. 721 yards, four touchdowns. If if uh, Cortland Sutton had those numbers, that oh, would be right. unreal. <laughs> right. And – he didn't. He didn't even have those. Right. Saquon did. So yeah. I'm going Saquon, but totally, totally understand your case uh, for Baker as well. I'm surprised. I thought you'd go with me on Baker. I like that. <laughs> I like this disagreement. Good. Now, now let's go to the other side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, where you have, of course, Bradley Chubb, another Bronco mm -hmm. that's in there, yes. Darius Leonard, Derwin yes. James. Uh, yep. There's a lot of guys actually in this class that make a good case for themselves. Yeah, it was really a phenomenal group of uh, of rookie defenders. Leighton Van Der Esch for the Cowboys was outstanding. Yes, yes. Tremaine Edmonds, who I mentioned in our mock draft yesterday, was phenomenal. Um, but I really think it's it's Chubb, Derwin, and Leonard, who was uh, one of those second-round picks from the Colts who were able to load up after trading down from uh, – three to six so that the Jets could get Sam Darnold and uh, just blew it up. I mean, he played better in the NFL than he did at his FCS school on on tape, which is just amazing. Led the league in tackles, am I correct in that? Yep. Um, first team all pro. He's just going to be hard to beat. I mean, frankly, after Aaron Donald, he might have been – you know, and Khalil Mack, he might have been one of the finalists for defensive player of the year. That's how special his season was. Uh, so, yeah, I got to go. I got to go Darius Leonard. Yeah. He just, he just earned it. I'm not going to do what the Pro Bowl did to Darius Leonard. I'm not yes. going to disrespect right. him right. that much. What he did, he was always always by the ball and his last game in the playoff game against the Chiefs was not his best mm -hmm. game yep. uh, but you have to watch more than just that game of course because that that in, in and I didn't watch every single game of his uh, of course or sure. every snap but that was by far 
the worst he was. And it's unfortunate, but that happens to a lot of people. But during the regular season, he was an absolute monster. Yep. And here's the thing. Yeah, tackles aren't as valuable as sacks. 100%. But when you are that dominant, it's you, you just can't ignore it. And here's the right. thing with Bradley Chubb. Uh, I, bel- I agree with you. It's a three-man race. Yes. Derw- and Derwin James... Oh, I mean, any other year, Derwin's a shoo-in. Exactly. exactly. Derwin he, is a shoo-in. He was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And here's the here's the knock with Bradley. He started slow. In his first mm-hmm. five games, yep. he had one and a half sacks. Yep. That's understandable for a rookie. Yep. I mean, pretty much every rookie starts slow. Then he tore it up. In the middle eight games of the season, he had a sack in every game but one and had ten and a half sacks during that time. Yikes. He was on pace, and we're talking an eight-game sample. That is strong. Yeah, he was on pace in those eight games for twenty-one sacks. Wow. So I understand the slow wow. start, yeah. and, and and if he would have continued that through the rest right. of the season, right? Easy. Yep. He's the rookie mm-hmm. of the year, no question about it. Would have finished with about 15, 16 sacks. Would have broken. That rookie sack record. Yep. He's your rookie of the year. Don't think twice about it. He should be unanimous. Yep. But those last three games, zero combined sacks. Yep. Zero. And maybe mm-hmm. he was pressing too hard because everyone was talking about he's gonna do it. He's gonna break right. it. And Vaughn admitted that Vaughn was pressing entering that mm-hmm. San Francisco game, entering the final four games. Yep. Vaughn wanted himself to break the the Broncos sack record, get to hundred sacks. Right. So Vaughn was pressing if Vaughn is is the leader and the mentor in that in that room, and he sees that Bradley Chubb sees that Vaughn is pressing, right? Well, he has something to press for too, so he probably pressed as well. Uh, also hit that rookie wall a bit, which mm-hmm. clearly is real if you look at both Philip Lindsay and Bradley Chubb this year. Yep. You, you can't tell me that that rookie wall isn't a thing. And finished with zero sacks, and yeah, not that you can't give it to him. But I can't make a case for him to get it over Darius Leonard, over Derwin James. So just yeah. like Phil, he would be my third guy, which is still very impressive. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he lived up to the hype. He's uh, the highest drafted of those three finalists. Uh, only guy drafted in the top 10 of those three finalists. So he's living up to expectations. And yeah, if he was just more consistent... And look, those final three games or four games killed everyone on the Broncos, not just not just Chubb. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, we agree. And last one here, not very Broncos related. Hey, unless you want to go crazy on me, coach of the year. Dude, Vance Joseph all the way. Are you <laughs> kidding me? What he did with that team, <laughs> unanimous coach of the year. Hey, it wouldn't be unheard of for a Denver head coach to get fired after being named coach of the year. Well, and that happened in the NBA last year with uh, the Toronto Raptors coach. Yeah, which is crazy. Certainly did. And it is a regular season award. You got to remember that. Yep. Yep. And George Carl, of course, is who you're referencing. Um, And there's a lot of good candidates. A ton of good candidates. I mean, you have Sean McVay, you have Pete Carroll, you have Andy Reid, Anthony Lynn. Frank Wright, Matt Nagy, the the list goes on. Sean Payton, exactly. Am I crazy to say that Belichick maybe did his best coaching job of all this year? No, you're not crazy to say that. With a Gronk half speed, defense isn't great. A Josh Gordon incident that that he really handled well. 
right? I mean, now in the playoffs, Sony Michelle's kind of become one of the stars of their offense. He was on and off. We didn't talk. We didn't even mention him. And you, you mentioned his teammate at Georgia, Nick Chubb, but no mention of Sony Michelle. Yep. Gronk was a non-factor. Edelman's missing most of the year. But it is a regular season award. And, you know, in the regular season, while they won the AFC East and got the second, the first round by as the second seed, they weren't overwhelmingly impressive. Right. So I'd really be torn between two veterans in Sean Payton and Andy Reid. Okay. Okay. Understandable. And I think I'd give it to Andy. What he did with that defense, I mean, they were that depth chart, they were playing like the fifth safety at some points. Yep. All their safeties were injured. Yep. Um, they dealt with the Kareem Hunt situation. Mm -hmm. He's dealing with a first time starter at quarterback. Mm -hmm. They lost Jim Nagy, who's a legitimate Dang. head coach or coach of the year candidate in his own right, and plug in Eric Bieniemy with a new starter at quarterback. And still light the world on fire. One of the greatest offenses in NFL history. It's Andy Reid. Man. It's Andy Reid. Man, you make a really, really good case straight. And I have to view this just in the regular season because that's the fair way mm -hmm. to do this yeah. award. Even though I think Andy Reid's an overrated coach because he never gets it done. Yep, And he's had right. plenty of talent and plenty of opportunities. He's very George Carl-esque, in fact. Man, you make a good argument. But I'm going Matt Nagy. Wow. I, I'm going to go Nagy. Don't you know if Nick Fancho was the only reason they were winning? <laughs> and here's the thing uh, with uh, with Frank Wright it is also Frank getting Reich. a lot yes. a lot of pub. Yes. But yes. he has Andrew Luck. And now yeah. I know he probably yeah. helped Andrew Luck out oh. a lot. But yeah. come on, Andrew Luck was a, a, a first-round pick. Right, right. I mean, yeah. N now I know Mitchell Trubisky was a first-round pick. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky, anyone's looking at him going, wow, yeah, look what fair, he's done. Fair. So why I give it to Nagy over Frank Wright and Andy Reid is just because what he was able to do with kind of less quarterback. Mm -hmm. And now you could say, you can make the case, Frank Wright made Andrew Luck that good. I don't think that's as easy to do. With Andy Reid, it's easy to say. Yeah. Andy Reid made Patrick Mahomes that good. And so Ooh. I can't argue with that. You're not wrong. If you go with Andy Reid, he probably should win it. Oh. But I'm just being a little devil's advocate there you go. and going with Matt Nagy here. Okay. I like it. Yeah, it's a great crop of uh, coaches. I know I've seen um, Levine get some love. Yeah. Uh, which I don't quite get. But, I mean, they had an outstanding season as well. Yeah, really. I mean, great, great. I, I can't remember the last time that coach of the year was this. Hard fought. And again, if it went to Belichick, I would have no, no. complaints. No, no. He, he, he probably should win it. it every single year. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. You could make the Michael Jordan argument. Exactly. Of like, if MJ's on the court that season right. and putting up his career averages, he's the MVP. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And people probably don't like hearing that, but that's probably how it should mm -hmm. be as well. Tom Brady no. should probably be in the MVP discussion Ugh, every year as well. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll do it. We'll see how well we do in just two days from now. Yeah. And Dre, on the other side of this break, we are joined by a special guest. Make sure you stay tuned. Hey, BSN listeners, we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. 
CBD is all natural and non-psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2018 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Welcome back to the BSN Broncos podcast. Zach Stevens rolling with you with Andre Simone today, and as promised... A very special guest joining us now. Some of you may have heard of him before. His name is Ryan Koningsberg. And Ryan, welcome on your podcast. How's it feel to be a guest on your own podcast? It feels weird. It's like when you're, uh, like, after you've had a couple cold snacks and then, like, your friend has to drive your car for you. <laughs> you're, like, sitting in the passenger seat of your own car. That's what I feel like. Right well, you're in the back seat with this one. Uh, Dre's rolling wow. with me in the passenger seat. <laughs> But don't worry, we got the convertible, so backseat's <laughs> probably the best place to be. <laughs> I like it. I like this car. So, so Ryan, what's what's the feeling down there in Atlanta in terms of what, what Broncos are going to be elected into the Hall of Fame on Saturday? Well, we'll start with the foregone conclusion, and I think that is Pat Bowen. Um, pretty much everyone I've talked to, I'm, I'm working on a story going around talking to as many Hall of Fame voters as I can about Pat's candidacy. And, uh, as we kind of expected, I have not heard one person say anything other than he's definitely getting in. So uh, it seems like that's going to be a, a foregone conclusion. I know, Zach, you've always been of that belief. I've always said that I don't put it past them to screw mm-hmm. it up. But it does feel like that one's going to happen now, which is cool. That'll be a great celebration and uh, very deserved for Mr. Bolin. Um, the other one, I think, is Champ Bailey. I think he has a really good chance. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, I talked to Von Miller yesterday. Von Miller says he's definitely getting in. So if you trust, if you trust Von, uh, then then uh, Champ's going to get in. Um, so I feel like he has a good chance. And then, of course, you got the other two in Steve Atwater and John Lynch. Right. I can't get a, a real gauge on those two and, and their chances. I will say this about Steve Atwater. This week, more than any other week um, leading up to the Hall of Fame, Steve has gotten some real buzz. And national writers are giving him a lot of respect. Um, you even saw, I don't know if you guys saw Ed Reed yesterday. Ed Reed said he'd rather see Steve go in uh, than himself. So I, I think this oh. is, at least in terms of buzz around his name, this is the best uh, I've ever heard for Steve. And so it, even if it's not this year, I think he's really gaining some momentum. And, and that's great to see because I've always felt like, you know, he was an afterthought. And I don't, this year he does not feel like an afterthought at all. And, and of course, you know, anyone in Broncos country knows that's the way it should be. But it's great to see from a national perspective that Steve's actually starting to get some respect. Well, that's absolutely huge yeah. to hear because I, I wasn't sure what was going to have to happen for him to get that buzz. And, you know, Ed Reed reaching out, uh, I, I believe he'll get elected this year. Yep. Uh, Brian Dawkins has also said some good things about Steve, who was elected last year. So maybe if it's not this year, maybe next year he'll be a finalist again, and then he'll have multiple Hall of Fame safeties speaking out on his behalf, and that'll be enough. But I'm just so happy that that energy is rolling in the right direction for him because, to be honest, I agree with you. Pat Bolin is a, is a shoe-in. I think Champ Bailey will get it as well. Yep. And in terms of the Broncos, I think John Lynch just has a better chance than Steve to make it this year, even though I would personally put Steve in before John. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I really feel like Steve is trending in the right direction. And, and um, you know, going back to when he joined the Broncos in terms of, you know, a media role, 
and, and got on the radio and stuff, you know, that was kind of the idea was, right, get him more in the public eye, get him fresh in people's minds. And it took a little while, but I really think it's paying off now. And these media members are getting a chance to, you know, rub elbows with Steve Atwater and get to meet him. And, Zach, you and I know that there's not a better human in the world yeah. uh, than Steve Atwater. I mean, he's so engaging and, and so great to talk to. So, I, you know, as much as we want to think this is, um, you know, sort of based on merit and this and that, and I think he belongs in on merit as well, but it, it is a human thing, right? Humans are voting, and, and humans are getting a chance to meet Steve Atwater and learn what type of person he is. And that makes an impact, and I think you're really seeing that this year. So, uh, you know, we'll keep our, our fingers crossed for Steve because he absolutely deserves it. But I, regardless of what happens, I think this year, this cycle has been a huge step in the right direction for him. Yeah, that's just awesome to hear. And Zach on the pod yesterday was saying Hall of Fame player and a Hall of Fame person, and I think all three of us couldn't agree more on that about Steve. Um, 100%. Changing changing subject a little bit, I saw you tweeting out how it's kind of a common knowledge out at the Super Bowl that the Broncos are are taking Drew Locke, that that's the running <laughs> joke out there. In fact, out of our after our Senior Bowl trip, I think the only person that's not in on that joke yet is Drew Locke himself, <laughs> though he'd think it was awesome. So, uh, what kind of buzz are you hearing around that? Is there a uh, any anything more substantial that's uh that's being put out there on the Drew Lock Broncos connection? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, it's just become like I said on Twitter, it's become kind of a running joke. People are like, "Oh, you cover the Broncos? Are you excited to cover Drew Lock?" Like that's what you hear, uh, you know, around every <laughs> corner. So um, everyone tends to think that the Broncos telegraph their picks, and John Elway is very obvious, and and this and that. I don't think it's as much as people want it to want to make it out to be. Just kind of the same way. Um, I'm actually going to drop a story on this today. Um, you know, people want to say that, like, players don't like John Elway. Well, I talked to both Aqib Tlaib and C.J. Anderson, and they both had great things to say about right. John Elway. You know, those, those are guys that he kind of got rid of on his own merit. So um, it's interesting to see the uh, the vibe around here. But, man, Drew Locke's name comes up in every single conversation I have with someone, uh, at least that I haven't, that I don't know before. Oh, you covered the Broncos. Oh, Drew Locke. It's like, <laughs> it's like clockwork. So, uh, he definitely fits what they're trying to do. He definitely fits the the mold of of what they're looking for. And I think all three of us will say that what we saw from the senior bowl from him is that he's a first-round, high first-round pick as a quarterback. So um, that's interesting. And the other thing that happens a lot when you talk about Drew Locke is the Jay Cutler comparison, which I'm taking mm. full credit for being the first person <laughs> to compare him to, to Jay Cutler. So. Uh, anytime someone says that, I'm like, yeah, 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 I know, I started that. <laughs> right, right. You must be listening to my pod. I'm, I'm actually Ryan Konigsberg. I started that. <laughs> Let's hope that in between the years, he can be a little better than, uh, than Jay, because Jay, uh, the talent, that's great. Uh, Jay, Jay, the the franchise quarterback, eh, not so much. But um, well, we know, and we know that Drew Lock is not Jay Cutler when it comes to his aptitude. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, definitely. You though, you, though you never know how uh, millions of dollars can change a person. Uh, I, uh, you know, two days on the road changes me. So forget <laughs> two million dollars. <laughs> I'd become a terrible human being. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Um, more, more intel that you can. I think you, no one better in the world can give us the intel on the Broncos next quarterback coach tc mccartney tell us about that hire you'd obviously talk to him in mobile um about rich scangarello before we knew that he was going to be interviewed 
but you you two go way back with you covering the buffs way back when. Tell us what do you think about that hire, and uh, you know, tell us uh, about TC as a person. Yeah, uh, well, that whole family is such an amazing family. Yeah. And TC and I actually go back even further than that. He was the starting quarterback um, at Fairview High School, and I was there for for my first two years. I believe. Oh wow. So, um, he he he's a great person you know obviously we know about bill and and kind of guy he is and then yes. eric his brother of course who i covered more closely uh is also fantastic so i think from from the jump you could tell that tc mccartney is going to be a football coach mm-hmm. um even going back to his his playing days um because he he never quite had the talent, and it's not a knock on him. It's just, right. He, you know, there's a big difference between guys who can play in high school and guys who can play at a high level uh, in college. And then another step up is guys who can play in the NFL. Right. Um, he never was quite there. But if you ever talk to one of the coaches, they, you know, they always said, oh, he has the mind to be a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about how important that is. So he's always had the, the, the right mindset, um, just never quite had the, the chops as a player. And when you – when you see a guy like that, and then you you mix in the coaching in his DNA, yeah, uh, you see coach from the start. So people have been talking about TC being a coach since uh, since I first ever heard of who TC McCartney is, and um, he obviously you know has come up through the ranks, um, was really well respected there in San Francisco, and and as recently as last week at the Senior Bowl, uh, Kyle Shanahan kind of wanted to to give him more of the reins along with. Taylor Embry, who's kind of in the same uh, vein there as, a, as an up-and-coming coach, he, uh, Kyle Shanahan gave both of them a little extra uh, leash to mm-hmm. go out there and coach, and the players were just raving about them. So uh, I, I can't believe I didn't ask him about it when I had a chance to talk to him about if he was uh, uh, you know, pining for the job right. in Denver. I thought about it, actually, as I was walking away. We, we kind of were short on time, and I was like, oh, man, I should ask that. But uh, – I think it's going to end up being a really good hire for the Broncos, and it's just another hire, in this, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that shows they're kind of trying to get ahead of the curve. And, and I think T.C. McCartney and Rich Gangarello are two guys who are you know a little bit uh, ahead of their time. Well, we joked yesterday on the pod about maybe John saw him on the sideline uh, during the Senior Bowl last week and said, hey, T.C., make sure you get some extra intel on all the quarterbacks here, and uh, maybe we'll have a meeting at the beginning of next week. But, Ryan, before we let you go – uh, I know you, you have a stacked full day today. I got to get uh, it, your thoughts on Roger Goodell commenting on the Broncos' ownership situation yesterday. Yeah, you know, on the surface, it kind of seems like a no answer, right? He, he said, oh, I can't really talk about that. And then, he, you know, he said, we shouldn't talk about that. We should just talk about past uh, Hall of Fame candidacy. But I thought the fact that he said um, – my, my office and me specifically, quote, may get involved in that. Uh, I thought that was the quote right there that, that was the most telling of anything. Um, it, it shows you that it's, it's firmly on their radar. They're monitoring it very closely. And if it gets to a point where they uh, think it's kind of boiled over too much, uh, I think there's a very large chance that the league may have to get involved. And then, of course, you know, arbitration comes into play and all that stuff. And and that's, of course, like, you know, the, the league forcing the, the Bullens to sell the team. So uh, I thought the fact that he said, quote, we may get involved uh, was really the only thing you could take away from that. But that's but that to me is a big takeaway. Yeah, definitely agree on that. 
Ryan, we really appreciate you coming on. I know you're having an absolute blast down there. Man, Monday nights, media night seemed awesome. Tuesday night, uh, the media dinner seemed unreal right up your alley, uh, according to uh, to your Twitter feed there. <laughs> and, uh, and I know you have so much more on tap, but make sure that you come back here, man. We're missing you. Yeah, we miss you, dude. I know. I, I miss you guys, too. So uh, we'll get this week wrapped up and uh, get back to uh, the regularly scheduled podcast. Well, thanks for jumping on with us. And uh, now I know you got to go take off to, to get some interviews and whatever else you're doing down there. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you guys later. All, All right. right. Thanks, Ryan. See ya. Well, thanks to Ryan for jumping on with us. I know it's a crazy week down there for him, but Big great, time. great to touch base. And Dre... Before we move on, let, let's just talk about that Roger Goodell comment about the Broncos. Of course, Roger Goodell had his big Super Bowl press conference yesterday where anything's on the table. Uh, and there are hundreds of reporters from around the country there. And this isn't the, the rinky-dink questions that, uh, that the, yeah. the players and teams are getting on Monday yep. night and kind of the, the fun questions that they're getting. No, this is a very serious press conference. Of course, he was asked a lot about the New Orleans game. Uh, and then you, you kind of just get to ask questions about, you know, the, the state of the league or yeah. specifics about teams. Uh, and Ryan O'Halloran with the Denver Post asked Goodell about the Broncos' ownership dispute. And before I read you his answer, it's important to understand that up till now, Roger Goodell, when he's been asked about this, has said, nope, we're not going to do anything. Joe Ellis right. is doing a very good job running this. And, and that, that's been his answer. He strayed from that this time. Here was his full answer. He says, as you know, that is an ongoing dispute. It is one that our office and myself in particular may be involved with. So I'm listening. So I'm limited in how much I can say at this point in time. I guess I'd say in the short term that it's sad when disputes like this occur. It's not something that I think Pat Bolin, who I knew very well, would have wanted and the Broncos meant a great deal to him and his family. I think this week the best thing we can do is focus on Pat and his contributions and his candidacy to become a new member of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So certainly no ringing endorsements for Joe Ellis or the trust. In fact, like Ryan pointed out, saying he may have to get involved in this. And that's the first time right. where he has publicly said that, you know, he he, he doesn't trust what the trust is doing right now and the league may have to step in and the league does have the power to step in 100%. and they could force the Broncos to sell. They could say you have to make a decision whichever way you're going uh, in a certain time period. Right. That's not something that's been done, but also this past year has been rough yep. on the Broncos trustees with, with, you know, lawsuits being filed, mm -hmm. Bill Bolin, uh, you know, Annabelle Bolin. You have so many people coming out saying they want to own the team. Uh, it's, it's a mess. And Roger Goodell knows that, and he's not going to put up for it long. Yeah, that was really, really telling. You would have expected just some some kind of blasé answer where he, he sticks to, you know, what you'd expect. Just like, well, yeah, it's an internal matter. We have full confidence in who Pat Bolin has put in charge. But the fact that he didn't say that, that he's, he's acknowledging the kind of mess that it is, and has become, I thought, was very, very telling. And like we've said, we, we fully expect Brittany Bolin to be uh, the, the one. The heir uh, apparent. The heir apparent. She's way too young. I mean, still in her 20s. You're yeah, like I we mean, were talking about. It's weird that players are older than or are younger <laughs> than you. It's now weird that coaches are younger right. than you. 
yo, I can't <laughs> handle owners that are younger than yo. me. I'm putting a ban on that. Not allowed, guys. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why I believe, I mean, if this succession plan were, were, were to, to come out, I think it'd have to be a 10-year plan. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. you could speed it up to maybe seven years, maybe when she's 35 years old. Right. But let me remind you, the owner of the Washington Redskins, mm-hmm. Dan- Daniel Snyder, is the youngest owner in the league. Oh, my God. He's 53 <laughs> years old. He also has the rare distinction of being the worst. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you hope that that wouldn't follow. Wow. And so you're talking about you're talking about seven years. I mean, if you speed up five and then and then you have all the issues that come with the young owner. It just seems so obvious to me right now that it, it's it, to, to resolve this. You're just going to have to sell the team. And I think right. that a- as the days go on, that just becomes more clear. But we'll we'll keep our eye on it. Uh, we'll we'll be well, following this. That's a great point because I think if if people felt good about what Joe Ellis and the trust were doing up till now, you could kind of see them as interim owners, right, until Brittany is ready. But this statement from the Goodell and all the evidence in front of us, to not finding naming rights to the gd stadium for one is clear evidence that those guys aren't cutting it as interim coach or interim owners uh not to mention you know the the losing record and the fact that maybe john ellie's not being kept as accountable as pat would have kept them uh it's all leading to this dysfunction and it might really i'm not gonna say tear the the franchise apart but I mean, force the Bolin family out, which would be, in many ways, uh, tragic. Yeah. Uh, tragic that Pat's legacy would be would be tarnished like that because his heirs can't figure their stuff out. And that's why Bill, er, er, and that's why Roger Goodell said it's a sad situation, and it the is. trustees have have, have yeah. maintained that this is what uh, Pat wanted. Yeah. And then yesterday, Roger Goodell comes out and says it's not. Would he have wanted what what he had have wanted, and that kind of speaks to what Bill Bolin is saying in the lawsuit. He's saying this is not what Pat wanted. Mm-hmm. The the trusters respond saying yes, it is what they they want. And Roger Goodell, the guy that has the most power in all of this, unless it goes to court, it comes out and says no, this isn't what he wanted. So I think yeah. that's a very important thing to pull from this. But Dre, let's look at some brighter news and yes. let, let's focus on the question of the week presented by Sports Column. Make sure you go check them out. Uh, great place to catch a game, get some food, some no cold doubt. snacks before a night out. Uh, perfect location right there oh, in yeah. downtown Denver. Amazing. So make sure you check Sports Column out. And our question of the week this week was, which Broncos do you think will be elected into the Hall of Fame on Saturday? We got lots of tie laws, I'm guessing. Yeah, a lot of tie <laughs> laws, exactly. And the main answer. First one coming in from Ryan Clayman. He says, Bolin and Bailey without a doubt. Yes. If not, it's rigged. Would also love to see Atwater um, be, be put in. And uh, I think that's exactly mm-hmm. what we said yesterday. Complete. After Ryan's intel, too, that only makes me more confident that that's the case. Exactly. Yeah. Complete with the, completely agree with Ryan Clayman. Tyler Kincaid comes in and says, the only confident answer I can give is Champ Bailey. Bolin is a given. So exactly yep. along those same yep. lines. Uh, Vaughn Point chimes in and says, Gaston Green. Well, <laughs> there you go. That's uh, that's an out-the-box one. Eric Scott makes it very simple. Atwater. I think uh, Dre and I would agree that he should be put in. 
No, that's exactly <laughs> right. Oh we're being asked if we have any idea who Gaston Green is, and uh, shyly so, we're admitting. Okay, so this is funny. This is funny. So I'm, I'm actually a little offended that you don't know who Gaston Green is, Andre. Uh, Not only are you an old dad, but right. Um, right. but you know your knowledge of the sport uh, leads me to suggest that you would and should know Gaston yeah, Green. I, I probably should, yes. So Gaston Green was post-Bobby Humphreys era, pre-Glenn oh, okay. Milburn, okay. pre-Rod Bernstein era. Yeah. He was right in between there. Uh -huh. He was one season here in Denver. Yeah. And um, I actually, he was a very, he was a quick twitch back. He was very yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's a guy that uh, if if he could get loose, he could gain a, a right. bunch, but he probably didn't run hard and, and stuff like that. So anyway, um, he was an undersized guy, and I liked Gaston Green uh -huh. a lot. Uh, he was one of those guys that I, you know, had an affinity for, kind yeah, of like yeah. a, like a um, Quentin Griffin. Like a, well, maybe not a Quentin Griffin, a little bigger than that, but uh, just just the kind of guy that you would like, like a poor man's Eric Metcalf. Okay. You know, okay. Um, there yeah. used to be a guy in the Cardinals, a returner named Via Sekahima that he was kind of like. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to go off on a, like a historical tangent, right? Because we know I can <laughs> right. do that. Right. Uh, but I just, that was hilarious. This guy obviously remembers the one-year dumpster back of the Broncos who want to throw a <laughs> right. joke in there and totally caught you guys off guard. He so did. Kudos to him. Yes, absolutely. I love that. <laughs> I love the education on Gaston Green right. like that. You can have your show back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. And, of course, that's the very famous Brandon Spano that's right. joining us. And so Vaughn Point definitely got us with that answer. Yes. And uh, he, had, uh, he had about a six-year career in the NFL. His one year with the Broncos, Dre, he was a pro bowler and an all pro. The only time he received honors from the NFL. And listen to this. Listen to what an all pro season was back in 1991. 1,037 rushing yards. Uh -huh. Four yard per carry average. Yeah. And four touchdowns. Yeah, Phil Lindsay just read that stat line and, uh, and had a, a hearty laugh. <laughs> exactly. And Saquon as well, and those guys are rookies. Right, right. That's, that's, inc that's incredible how the game has changed in that respect. Yeah, that's so amazing. I appreciate the history lesson from Brandon as well. 100%, <laughs> yes. Eric Scott chimed in and said, Atwater, which is very simple. Yep, I, I agree. He should be in there. 100%. Don't know if he will. Gunnar Kane comes in and says, Bowler, Bailey, and Atwater. Anything less is unacceptable. That answer got the most likes on this one. So a lot of people agree with that. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of, uh, even though Atwater seems to be the longer shot of the three, I think those are the three guys that should be shoo-ins, frankly. Exactly. Anna, along the same lines, Bowling, Bailey, and Atwater. The Denver Broncos, year after year, are have always been disrespected. Hall of Fame game this year's a reality. Yeah, I mean... If Ooh. you get if you get just one other guy along with Pat, if it's Champ and Pat, you got to think they get the Hall of Fame game. Have you ever been to Canton? I have not. This might be your chance. Yeah, have you been? Oh, hell yeah. Is it quite a place to be? It's a, it's a magical museum. Wow. It is the greatest museum I've ever been wow. to. Wow. Yeah, wow. I wasn't, sure, I wasn't sure where you were going oh, with this. Oh, like, yeah. good luck out there. Oh, no. No, no it's terrific. You got to <laughs> check it out. Yeah. Coming in from Do You Like Dags, whose name on Twitter is just a period i didn't really know you could do that but Baller. impressive well impressive done. he says mr b is in for sure champ is first ballot all day and the smiling assassin rightfully should be in but history shows that there is no way the broncos get three in in one year yeah sadly 
Yep. Sadly. Do you like Dags coming in with the realistic perspective there, which, yeah, yeah. sadly, yeah. I probably agree with. I'm all about realistic perspectives, as you know, Zach. So, yes, I'm, I'm all in. Well, realistic perspectives, Dre. Got to get your take on the Super Bowl. Are we going to be seeing Tom Brady walk away with another one and just killing all of the Broncos fans and really all the AFC fans and I guess the NFL fans? I'll get your take oh, yeah. on the other side. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency hands down is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one time a year follow up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. Welcome back to the BSM Broncos podcast. Zach Stevens rolling with Andre Simone with you guys today. And uh, uh, an end of week and final segment this week, of course, you have to tune into the draft pod tomorrow. Yep. Uh, like I always say, yep. this is draft season. You can't miss a single one of these. Andre, I'm so happy that I got your insight this week uh, on everything I wanted to know. But I'm still going to be tuning in tomorrow. Every single Friday, it's 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 must listen podcast. I appreciate it. I hope I haven't exhausted all my draft topics <laughs> with you the last two weeks. Uh, we'll see if I still have something fresh and cool to talk about. I mean, if 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 it was me, I would have completely exhausted all of my draft insight at this point. But no, you know. You know the guys from the small schools that are going in the middle of the fifth round, so I'm not too concerned about you. Okay. okay. <laughs> I appreciate that confidence. I appreciate it. But, Dre, last segment of the week means previewing games. Yes. And typically, Ryan and I just do that at the end, but come on. This is the daddy of them all. This is the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. We have the L.A. Rams going up against the team as far away from them as possible, the yep. New England Patriots. You get the young with the Jared Goff and the Sean McVay and the old with the Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. 100%. You get the experience with the Bill Belichick and Tom Brady with the inexperience with the Sean McVay yeah. and Jared Goff. I mean, you can just you can go back and forth with mm -hmm. how crazy and different these storylines are. Another one, you get the big names with the Indomitian Sioux, Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters, Todd Gurley, yeah. Brandon Cooks, Jared Goff. Right. Who, who am I? Aaron Donald. Yeah. Going up against, I don't want to say it's two names, but Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Now, you have Gronk, but like you mentioned earlier in this pod, yeah. Gronk is not Gronk. And he really, no if way. they win, I've never thought this before, if they win, he should retire. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because he is not 100%. the Gronk. 100%. So, yeah. It's so over. You have Gronk. You mentioned Sony Michelle, but he's mm -hmm. not even the, the, the number one Georgia back being talked about this year. Right. So it's crazy how you have 
two oh, names going up against just a star-studded cast of names. It is a wild game. Um, I mean, what the Patriots have done in this playoff run has been so incredibly impressive. They've kind of flipped the script and said, hey, we're going to ground and pound you. And uh, their fullback is just awesome. Devlin, I love him. Uh, he's incredible to yeah. watch. Yeah. Uh, just a bulldozer more than a fullback. Uh, he's just amazing. Um, and, yeah, the the way they're able to adapt their scheme and, uh, you know, adapt to each and every opponent differently. And it'll be a great matchup of Brian Flores next up-and-coming D.C. Mm. against Wade mm. Phillips. Son of bum. Do not count him out because he does know how to beat the Patriots. He's done it before. We know that better than anyone. Uh, so it's just going to be a really interesting matchup. And, yeah, I can't get can't wait to get into the keys of the game here for you. And he has – Wade Phillips has the tools. Maybe this is diving into the keys of the game, but Wade Phillips has the tools to work his magic against Tom Brady again. Of course, in Denver, it, when, when they beat him three years ago in the AFC Championship game, it was pressure in the middle – from the outside, oh, yeah. Tom Brady yeah. got hit what like twenty two times or something. Mm -hmm. It was it was it was insane. At, at that time in his career, it was the most he'd ever been hit. Yes. And I think that still stands. Come on, you that got... might be my favorite Broncos win of all. It was. I almost didn't want him to w to play the Super Bowl. I was on such a high from that right. AFC Championship. It was right. amazing. Yeah, it, it truly yeah. was. And now Wade's got even better inside pass rush from Aaron Donald. And in Dominican Sue and right. and the outside guys have kind of come along uh, as yeah. the seasons as the seasons progressed. But Dante Fowler needs to step up. Those guys on the edges need to have big games. Exactly, man. And if if maybe that's the key of the game. That might be. It is if those outside guys mm -hmm. can bring it too. Yep. What 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 are some of your keys to the game? And hey, if that's it, take it. My key is the Rams running game. If I'm McVeigh, I watch those last couple playoff games from the Patriots, and I say, "Oh, you want this? Is what you want to do? Cool. I got Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson on a heater. I've got a great scheme that keeps you guessing at all times, whether it's play action, run, little jet sweeps, all that fun stuff. My line is playing an inspired football. I'm gonna take your game plan and shove it down mm. your throat. They can do that." and the Patriots will fall apart because they're not as talented as the Rams. Right. So if you out-game plan them, this is going to be a win for L.A. That, to me, is the key. Wow, you sound pretty confident in, in oh, the Rams. I'm not confident at all. I'm <laughs> confident if they run the ball, though. That's yeah. all I'm saying. And what what in the world has gone on with Todd Gurley? <sighs> is, it, is it mental? Is it physical? I think to some extent it's physical. You know, the guy has a long history of injuries, and I think it's hard. I think he's one of those guys where if everything is in 100%, he has a hard time running, you know, like a 230-pound back with insane speed. And just hitting people downhill and doing that is really tough. And on the other hand, C.J. Anderson with fresh legs is as good as any back in the league. Fresh legs, big belly. Fresh legs, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, no, I think uh, I think that's really the key because the Rams pass it a little more. The Rams get in obvious passing situations. We've seen Goff falter a little bit. And, um, you know, if it'll be interesting to see how well McVay and Goff are reading those blitzes pre-snap. 
because we saw that with against the Chiefs. They were bringing, bringing pressure from different places. Mahomes was just too young to identify it and, and pick his spots, and uh, that really hurt him. It hurt the Colts, too. You know, they're able to manufacture pressure, and they can cover well on the back end. And without Cooper Cup, the Rams are easier to cover than they were earlier in the season, you know. So it's really going to be who imposes their running game to me and who can have the more creative uh, disguises pre-snap defensively to confuse the other quarterback. I like I like that a lot. I like that a lot. But I'm going to do the opposite, or nearly the opposite, mm. and I'm going to go with Jared Goff is yes. the key in yes. this game because look at what beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl last year, and that was Nick Good Foles. Point. Nick Foles went 28 of 43, 373 mm-hmm. yards, three touchdowns, an interception, and a 106 passer rating. Yeah. He was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the offense was was high-flying, and that's, I think, what's going to have to happen. You know, a lot of the times people say you got to, just like you said, you got to run the ball right. uh, to be good quarterbacks. You, you have to make sure they're not on the field. I think Tom's proved too many times that, I mean, he AFC Championship game, mm-hmm. he wasn't on the field much a, at the end of the game. But when they needed him, boom. I mean, it was a touchdown. The Chiefs score, and Tom Brady has two minutes left, and they need to score. Boom. I mean, he does it in, in a minute. Yeah. He does it in 40 seconds. And, yeah. and that's, I, I think, what's going to happen again with Tom. Maybe maybe he has a bad quarter and a half right. to start the game. Right. But then he's going to put up 34 points in the next two and a half quarters. And can Jared Goff keep up with that? Now, I think Todd Gurley plays into this in the passing game. Right. Can he be that weapon, that all-around back that, that he's go. absolutely capable yeah. of? Yep. It, Good point. Maybe, but C.J. Anderson, you're probably not counting on him absolutely. To, to be in that role. And yeah. I would be shocked. <sighs> maybe I wouldn't be shocked because of what's happened. I personally would have Todd Gurley be my featured back with without a question. Right. I mean, he's, right, right, he's, right. Getting, he's getting to me – He's getting 75, 80% of the snaps at, at running back. CJ's getting the other 20, 25. Yeah. I just, I don't have confidence that they're going to do that because they haven't done that in the playoffs. I know. I, I think they will stick with whoever the hot back is, but I agree. I mean, they need Gurley. Gurley could really get going against this defense, start punishing people downhill. Uh, you know, he gets to the second level. Those are valuable reps. Gurley getting in and punishing the second level defenders as the game wears on. That's yep. you're gonna feel those hits. It's gonna limit your ability to cover and play physical and fly downhill and do all that. They really need Gurley to impose themselves. And I feel like if this be, I feel like the Patriots learned kind of a lesson from last year's Super Bowl. They have tried their best to avoid shootouts, and in the second half against the Chiefs, it turned out to be a shootout. Uh, but I really think they're trying to avoid shootouts. They're trying to control the clock. They want to be the ones in control. They want to set the tone. They want to be the tone setters, which I hate. Genius game plan. That's what you do. And Belichick with two weeks to prepare with that staff, I wouldn't bet against him. That's for sure. So you said you're a big James Devlin fan, right? Yes, yes. He has odds out there to be named the Super Bowl MVP. You want to you wanna win some money? 
Oh man, what are the odds? <laughs> One to four hundred. Wow. So bet a dollar to win four hundred. Bet a bet a hundred to win forty thousand dollars. Oh my god. What, what would a what would a fullback have to do? I mean, he should just be able to do what he's done so far in the playoffs and be like a bulldozer as a blocker for the run game. He'd need to score multiple touchdowns, though. And <laughs> yeah. one would have to be like a biggish play. Right. I mean, or three one-yard runs for, or three one-yard touchdown runs. I don't think that would do no. it. Oh, my gosh. They give it to Tom for getting him down 100%. there and stuff. 100%. Yeah, yeah, like just beating Tom out is that hard, you know. TV 12, he's a... Uh, he, he get, he's going to get it. I mean, here's here's some other random prop bets for this game. Distance of the longest penalty in the game. Over under 15 and a half yards. Ooh. This seems really easy. We'd need a P.I. Exactly. Easy breezy. I think a P.I. is happening. Over, right? You take the I, over. Yeah. Over 16 yards? Yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah, 100%. Man, there are... There are some absolutely crazy prop oh, bets. Oh, yeah. Super Here we Bowl go. is a great time for the prop bets. Who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his speech? Here are the options. Okay. Teammates. Uh-huh. Go, going in order of most likely to least likely. Yeah. So teammates, God, yeah. city, mm. coach, mm. owner, family, or f- friend, or does not mention any of those people. Ooh, taking the field mm. doesn't mention anyone. <laughs> I really like City as kind of an underdog pick mm. if the Rams win. Mm. I feel like what they went through with the fires and stuff like that right. this year, I do feel like the City will get a mention. But, boy, the first thing to get mentioned is so hard. I don't know. If I'm leaning family. I feel like that's uh, one I th- of the better bets. I think so, too. You get pretty good odds. You get plus 400 if you go family. That would be my pick. And I got to say, teammates, a, a good one. No wonder that's that's the favorite yeah. there. Because yeah. what I was thinking, what's a natural thing? Ah, oh, man, couldn't have done it without my teammates and my yeah. family. So that's uh, let's see if I can find I'm just scrolling. I do want to go back to the tape and like watch the first speech from last right. year and be like, who was the? <laughs> it would have been Foles, right? Yep. I bet you God was the first thing you said. I bet it was. That would have won you some money. Oh. <laughs> so it just all depends, and y- and you won't even know. Let's see. Oh man, a few here about uh, barstool sports employees. Oh wow. Uh, wow. Arrested or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> of course you get the halftime show which which song will be played. Yeah, Let's see if I can length, find length of the anthem will be one, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Who is do you know who's doing the anthem? I don't. I don't know. I know we have Maroon 5 at halftime. <sighs> Let's see. <laughs> Who what will the Super Bowl champions be served when they visit the White House? Fast food? Oh man. Or the field? <laughs> Well, the government's back in place, <laughs> yep. right? So yep. I think maybe fast food is out. Yeah, I would think so. I think you're probably safe going with the field there. Man, I'm trying to find, like, Super Bowl-related ones, and that's well, just not a thing What are here. the odds for the first uh, touchdown to be scored? That's always a good one. Oh, my gosh. There's, like, 500 here. I don't know if I can comb I through know, all of these. through it all. Um, let's see. Oh, man. The longest drive. Hmm. Wait on me. No, no, no. Okay, the combined yardage of all touchdowns. Oh. 87 and a half yards. I'd go over, but that, j- that seems too easy. It seems too easy. Wait, Man. the longest touchdown? 
to go how many yards? No, the lo- the combined yards of every touchdown. Oh, 87. Yeah. You say over. Yeah, easy. Of every mm. touchdown, I, th- I think it's going to be high scoring. Yeah, see, I think both teams will try to shrink the game, control mm. the clock, run the ball, and we might have a lot of, like, uh, like f- I don't know, maybe five, six touchdowns, a couple, like, within five yards another couple like from the red zone on yeah so 87 is a pretty solid number for what i'm thinking yep yeah yeah that'd be a tough one for me to bet on man there are there are some crazy ones oh, in amazing. here make sure you check them out yeah. there there are some fun ones but dre the number that matters most patriots favored by three points who do you like the line first came out rams by one i cannot believe that yeah, that is yeah. wild people have smartened up yep. boy i wish i would have taken the patriots right then and there certainly huh? certainly <sighs> yeah do the patriots lose super bowls in a row they don't do they mm, they alternate super bowls yes. good point and they lost <sighs> last year so three though that's like that's their mo they win super bowls by three points they win super bowls by a field goal mm. that's the deal yo mm. that's why as much as i hate to have the patriots in the super bowl they do guarantee a good right. close game and a lot of times super bowls aren't oh no totally yeah they're they can be really boring that's bizarre like when the broncos whooped on the panthers <laughs> so boring <laughs> um boy I, you go first. You go first. Easy. Patriots. Give me the three. You Easy. take the points. Uh, reached out to Ryan as well since we didn't ask him. Yeah, yeah. He said Pats all day long. This is this is easy for me. Wait, I, do you I, have like a final score prediction? I do. I'm going to go 31-21 or 31-24. I think it's going to be a seven-point game. I think there's <sighs> some drama in it, though, because like you said, the Patriots, it's always a close game with right, them. So maybe right. the Rams have the ball uh, and need a touchdown. That's what happens. Patriots up 31-24. Rams have the ball to go and tie the game, and the Patriots close the door on them. I guess I'll take the Pats, but I don't take the points. I say it's mm. I say it's like 28-27 with the last second field goal where they milk the clock and mm. just drive it down. And easy breezy kick. Pats win. Mm-hmm. There it is. There it is. So yeah. we all three have the Patriots winning this Super Bowl. Let's hope we're wrong. I do envision a scenario where the Rams win. Like I said, oh, that yeah. team is oh, chocked yeah. full of talent. Oh, yeah. But come on, two weeks for Tom and Bill to prepare. Uh, I know Wade's experienced, and, and Sean McVay is is the genius, but yeah. I'm not betting against Bill and Tom. I can't. No, I wouldn't either. I can't do it. I can't do I it. Either. And I hope you guys all have a fabulous weekend. Yeah. There's going to be some good Broncos news coming down the wire on Saturday, so make sure you stay tuned to BSN for that. And Sunday, oh, right. quite right, right. the game. It should be so much fun. And, yep. of course, don't forget about that draft pod tomorrow. Yes, Thank please. you guys so much for rolling with us this week, especially uh, as we get this new site up and rolling. Uh, Ryan will be back with us on Monday. And yeah. Dre... I've had a blast. Thank you so much. Same here. And have an excellent weekend, everyone. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. 
Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.